0: Hey there, welcome to Beyond the Couch with the real Dr. Jehu, a podcast dedicated to breaking the stigma of mental health, normalizing help-seeking, and bringing you tips and tricks for living a thriving, holistic life. I'm Dr. Christine Jehu, a licensed psychologist and host of the show. I'm pumped to bring you raw and real conversations with clinicians, mental health advocates, and people just like you, and it's all without the psychobabble. And just a quick caveat, this podcast is not mental health treatment, and it's not intended to be a substitute for mental health treatment. So you can check out the show notes for resources on finding a therapist in your area. All right, let's get into it. Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome back to Beyond the Couch. It is your host, Dr. Christine Jehu. I don't know why I just announced myself like I was an announcer. That was kind of weird. (laughs) Anyhow, happy Pride Month. Um, So today, I thought I would just kind of riff off the cuff about some things related to Pride and the coming out process and pieces that may be connected to mental health or are connected to mental health. Um, Pride is really important to me. If you don't know, I identify as a lesbian Um, and so it's just really special to see all of the rainbows around and all of the folks coming out to support people in the LGBTQ plus community. Um, And as I talk about things today, I might use uh, the phrase queer plus it's a um, just a terminology that has been used in um, like the workplace where I'm at. And I find that it kind of rolls off the tongue easily and lgbtq is a lot to say especially on a podcast um so and you might hear people talk about uh the alphabet soup because there are lots of letters that could be contained um when we talk about uh, our queer community so i'm just gonna say queer plus so please know that for me that includes um lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, queer, questioning, intersex, all of the things, right, that fall into that, um, the the alphabet soup, if you will. And today I'm not going to talk about definitions. Uh, there's a lot of really, really great information on Dr. Google. So you can type in any of those terms and get a lot of really great information around um, the terminology. And one of the things that I will tell you, even over the past, gosh, five to 10 years, as I have been doing clinical work um, with college students, I, when I was um, prior to my sports psychologist position, I worked a lot with our, our queer plus community um, at the school that I was working at and I can't tell you how many times the students would drop terms that I had never heard before and I would either ask them, okay, so what does that mean for you? Uh, How do you identify with that term? Or I would leave a session and go to my computer and look the word up. So (laughs) no harm, no foul if you don't understand what a term is because as, you know, things are really dynamic, we are coming to... Um, find language that better fits us and things do become a little bit more nuanced right so much of what pride is celebrating is that the world isn't binary there's not male and female there's not just straight (laughs) so there are lots of different ways that individuals experience their gender and sexual orientation and that's what we are celebrating here Okay, so I want to start us off with some mental health facts around uh, the Queer Plus community. And the first set of statistics that I want to share with you is from the Trevor Project. Now, this is an organization that was founded in 1998, and they are the leading national organization who provides crisis intervention and suicide prevention services to lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, queer, and questioning young people. So they specifically are looking to serve folks who are under 25, but I do know that if you are a person who is outside of that age range and you are experiencing a crisis and you reach out to them on their crisis line. Lines, they will not turn you away. They will engage with you, and then also help to connect you to resources um, that can can support you further. So their um, 2021 national survey on LGBTQ youth mental health gives us um, a handful of really important statistics, and I pulled out five here that I just want to highlight for you. And as I share these statistics, I just really want to encourage you to. Um, sit with what they are and be curious about the impact that hearing these has on you some of them are pretty jarring Uh, there is some uh, talk here about suicide so just be aware of that Um, and really sit with it and see what what it hits on we can we can learn a lot about what's important to us and where we might want to be spending time advocating and supporting our, our queer plus youth. Okay, and I am going to say the LGBTQ, so hang with me as I, as I read the stats. So from the Trevor Project, um, LGBTQ youth who had access to spaces that affirmed their sexual orientation and their gender identity reported lower rates of attempting suicide, Transgender and non-binary youth who have their pronouns respected by most people in their lives are 50% less likely to attempt suicide. Acceptance from at least one adult can decrease the risk of LGBTQ youth attempting suicide by 40%. 42% of LGBTQ youth seriously considered attempting suicide in the last year, including more than half of transgender and non-binary youth. And LGBTQ youth of color reported higher rates of attempting suicide than their white peers within the last year. Okay. So those stats were from the Trevor Project, which was focused, um, as we said, mostly on individuals who are younger than 25. Another really large organization in the United States is the Human Rights Campaign. And they're a really big advocacy group for uh, the queer plus community. And on their website, they have a briefing called the state of mental health in the LGBTQ community. Um, And so I pulled some of the statistics, but I wanted to read this quote real quickly. Um, Because I think it's just really important. And they say, too often, false narratives attempt to blame LGBTQ people for their own mental health challenges. And the truth is that mental health challenges in the LGBTQ community are largely due to stigma, discrimination, and bias in all of its forms. That's the end of the quote. I think that's really, really important as you think back to the statistics from the Trevor Project, and then these um, from the Human Rights Campaign briefing. So 59% of LGBTQ adults and 60% of transgender adults are battling poor mental health today. It's 59 and 60%. More than half of LGBTQ youth, are at about 54%, and 61% of transgender youth and 61% of questioning youth are battling symptoms of depression compared to 29% of non-LGBTQ youth. Y'all, that's like double, double the amount of depression. Um, Societal factors are contributing to mental health challenges in our LGBTQ people. So the the Human Rights Campaign Foundation observed in um, their study that 18% of LGBTQ adults currently have no health insurance and nearly one quarter have needed to see a doctor but couldn't due to cost. Nearly one in 10, so about 9% of LGBTQ people, and one in five, around 21% of transgender people, Say that they received harsh or abusive language from a doctor or other healthcare provider when receiving their care. A healthcare provider. So, more than one fifth or around 22% of LGBTQ people are living in poverty compared to 16% of non LGBTQ people. 40% of homeless youth are LGBTQ. And intimate partner violence has affected roughly half of LGB women and 54% of transgender or non-binary people. Please really take some time to let those statistics sink in for a bit because Pride isn't just about parades and festivals. It's about visibility and working to normalize the experience of folks within the Queer Plus community so that we can start to reverse these statistics and really improve lives. I see this all the time in my clinical work that, you know, being part of the Queer Plus community is not the thing that is impacting our mental health. Like I said earlier and like, the... HRC briefing mentioned it is it's the discrimination and the biases that we are faced with within a very heteronormative and cisnormative society and anything that challenges those really clean boxes <laughs> that were socially constructed is challenging and and it takes it takes a lot of time and energy to navigate that um so we'll get into that in a minute, as I as I share some thoughts about the coming out process. But I just have a, a handful of things that I wanted to chat about today, and then offer you some reflections here at the end. Um, you know, I was I was on a, a call with some friends the other day, and as we were introducing ourselves, um, that sounds funny. It was it was a meetup in this community that I'm part of, but I, they are my friends. Uh, we we go around and do introductions, and the prompt for us was. You know, what What are you most excited about uh, with Pride or what do you love? And the first thing that came to mind for me is that I'm really excited to see our allies show up, those people who don't identify within the community, but they love us unconditionally. And it just means so much to folks in the Queer Plus community to see your allyship. And I just want to offer a gentle challenge uh, to see how you can show that allyship throughout the other 11 months of the year. It is so wonderful to see people putting on t-shirts and flying their flags and putting the little ring on their Facebook page. Like all of that is fantastic. And it's so great because it also shares a message with people further in your circles to see that you are an ally, which the, the piece of that is that it helps people start to think and do their own research and hopefully come to you with questions if they see you as a safe space. I want to tell you that folks in the Queer Plus community are looking for those signs on a daily basis. When I go into a new space, a new workplace, or I'm going to a gym or whatever it might be. Well, nobody's going well. People are going back to gyms these days. <laughs> I haven't been to a gym in a long time, but I am looking. I'm I'm scanning people's offices. I'm looking for, do you have a rainbow flag? Do you ask pronouns? Do you ask about partner versus husband or wife, you know? Are people being open and and signaling their allyship with these types of questions? So I really want to encourage you to think about you know, if, if, you're going, if you're going level 10 on your allyship with pride this year, what would, what would it look like for you to share even a level five in the other 11 months of the year? That would mean so much to us. So let's talk about coming out. <laughs> I'm not going to share my whole coming out story with you because well, I don't want to be here all day. Um, but I, I just want to share that when people come out to you the very best thing that you could say to them is thank you. Thank you for sharing and thank them for trusting you with this part of their with their story. It truly is a gift that they are offering you to let you into that part of their life. You know, I mentioned before we we live in a very heteronormative and and cisnormative world. And it's a process to come out, and it's a process to know and understand if and how we fall outside of this constructed norm. And so, no, people have not been lying to you because we've been trying to freaking figure it out. And so, if somebody is coming out to you, again, it is such a gift, and thank them. And if you don't know what to say after the thank you— Share with them that you're open to hearing more and that you might stumble on some words, but you're there to support them and that you'll do the work that you need to do to understand, um, you know, what it is that they came out to you about, whether it's their sexual orientation, their gender identity. Okay, um, one other thing before I offer reflections, um, I want to talk about coming out age versus biological age. Across my life in cl- not just clinical work, I, I share this often in um, in my personal life when folks have a friend or family member who's come out and they're not quite understanding some of the behavior <laughs> that they're seeing. And I read some research um, in graduate school that really just gave a a beautiful framework for this, and I have tried to find the research again to be able to give you a citation or like even tell you where it came from, but uh, to no avail. <laughs> but just know that this is uh, clinical or this is uh, peer-reviewed research that I got this from. So basically the the study, the literature shared that, you know, we have a biological age, so let's take somebody who is um, 20 years old, okay? So they're 20 years old, they're probably a junior in college, so you would assume that they are relatively mature, have things going for them, even though their frontal lobe isn't fully formed for a couple more years, um, uh, but they... 20 20 years old. You can pull up 20 years old and have an understanding of where this person is and, and what you would expect in terms of interacting with them. So that's your biological age. But then we also have our coming out age. So let's take this person who's 20 years old and imagine that at age 20, they have come out to you as a member of the queer community. Um, And for simplicity's sake, we'll just say it's sexual orientation, okay? So they come out to you with their sexual orientation saying, hey, I'm not straight. And so they start to engage in the world with this new identity, right? And they're trying to figure it out. So one of the things that, that we can do is layer that coming out age on top of biological age, and are coming out, growth and development can roughly mimic stages of development. So if you think this 20-year-old human, biologically, is an infant in terms of their sexual orientation, and so if you think about how do infants come to know the world. They look around, often with really big eyes, trying to soak everything in. They cry when they're hungry. They cry when things don't make sense, right? They put things in their mouth. <laughs> they're feeling around. They're a little bit clunky. And then we're, we learn to walk. And then we learn to start to speak. And then we're going to learn to play with our toys. How do we get along with other people right into the toddler years? So if you think about watching a child grow up, we can look again, layering that coming out age on top of our biological age, and hopefully have some compassion for what this 20 year old is experiencing now as an infant in this new part of their identity. So, oftentimes, people will, you know, have frustrations because maybe somebody's doing really well in their academics, or maybe this 20 year old has a job and they're crushing it. But then their extracurricular, I'm doing this in quotations, but you can't see me because it's a podcast, but their extracurricular activities are looking a little bit like a, a kid. Because, yeah, if those extracurricular activities are a, are part of their exploration and their, their well, not their exploration, but they're coming to know themselves as this queer human it's going to be clunky. They're going to have to put shit in their mouth. They're going to have to figure it out, right? They're going to have to learn how to play with others and find the language and grow up in that part of their development. Now, this doesn't mean that that um, developmental trajectory maps completely onto a calendar year, right? We can speed through those (laughs) levels of development a little bit quicker, and if we have supportive folks around us, allies, allies, <laughs> allies, connections to the queer community, resources, holy shit, there are so many more resources today than when I came out as a freshman in college, holy shit, so much more, there's like, oh, it was weird shit when you googled what does it mean to be gay, <laughs> like, back in the early 2000s, this is weird, um, I just totally lost my train of thought okay, here we go. So again, like that coming out um, timeline or that, that the coming out age and that development is not going to map completely onto a a year's time, right? But to know that it is a process and this development in that part of our identity is going to take some time and it's going to be messy and we need that support around us. So just, you know, if, if you are, um, talking with somebody or have someone in your life, you're supporting someone who has recently come out, or even if they're, you know, four or five years out, that's still part of that identity development. And so if you're seeing some things that make you scratch your head, because it doesn't necessarily line up with their biological age, if you can step back and think back to when they came out, and what phase of their development they might be in, I would hope you'd have a little bit of compassion for them of what's going on. And then you could help support them thinking about how you would support somebody in that that phase of development, say as a teenager, what, what might be helpful there, and you could offer those resources. So I hope that you found that helpful and that it made sense because I just started cracking up in the middle of it thinking about what it was like when I came out <laughs> as a freshman in college. Okay, so... I just want to end with a couple of reflections um, for you just to to think on, right? So some questions and prompts for you. What excites you about pride? And what have you learned about the Queer Plus experience this month? There's so much great content out there on Instagram right now. Like if you follow HRC, if you follow the Trevor Project, there are so many great things. Um, I'm trying to share some on my Instagram as I see them. But what have you learned? Um, and what questions do you have? We're we're still early in June. So what questions do you have? Could you go and and do some research and fill in some of the gaps that you have? There are folks who are going to be willing to engage you in conversation and answer all of the questions that you might have. Just please don't ask people about sex. And please don't ask trans folks about a physical transition unless they offer it up to you. Okay? Like... Google that shit, please. (laughs) Those are not appropriate questions to ask. Um, But maybe make a list of questions that you have and some research that you want to do. I really encourage you to identify at least three queer-owned businesses that you could support this month, but then also in an ongoing way outside of June. Now, please don't hear me say that you have to buy something every month (laughs) from these businesses, but think about... The impact it could have, you know, thinking back to those statistics, folks in the queer plus community earn less. We, uh, they're the rates of homelessness, right? Like we are disadvantaged in a lot of ways. And so supporting a queer owned business, oh my gosh, that's huge. So think about if you found a queer owned business that like sells candles and birthday cards and for that becomes what you send people for birthday gifts and at the holidays so you have multiple times throughout the year that you can support queer owned businesses um with the dollars right you don't you don't need to go to Amazon every time or target even though I love them both but so much great stuff happens when we support queer owned businesses and when we shop small business okay um and then the last thing is as i really want to encourage you to think about how you can work to disrupt the heteronormative and cisnormative norms (laughs) that we live within, right? So think about the ways that our society has placed humans, uh, sexuality, gender in a box and think about how you could disrupt that a little bit. So one really basic way is putting your pronouns next to your name in your email signature, You can put it in your Instagram profile. And when you meet new people, share your pronouns. So for me, it would be like, hey, I'm Christine. I use she, her pronouns. And just make it part of the conversation. It doesn't matter if somebody has started it before you. It doesn't matter if people look at you funny, right? Disruption. People will look at you funny. Some will. But it can also, again, remember that signaling and being an ally throughout the year, not just in June. That sends a huge, huge message. So think about some of that. And if any of these reflections or thoughts, um, if you have questions for me, please feel free to reach out to me, right? Ask me the hard questions. Ask me the weird questions. There's no judgment here. I'm opening that space up to you. Remember what I just said, like, don't do it unless somebody opens it up for you. So I'm happy to have these conversations with you and wrestle through things. I would love to hear from you. I think that's it, right? So happy Pride Month. Please share this episode on your Instagram stories. I would love to hear what you took away from it. Please share it with a friend. If there are things in here that you feel someone would benefit from or would resonate with them, please hit that little arrow button thing, that messenger thing, and and send it along to somebody. I hope you all have a wonderful, fabulous Pride, and we'll talk to you next time. All right, friends. Thanks for joining in on another Conversation Beyond the Couch. I'd love to hear your takeaways from today's episode. So if you would take a screenshot and share it in your Instagram stories and be sure to tag me at the real Dr. Jehu. I can't wait to connect with you. All right, we'll talk soon.